Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. We talked out of Numbers last week at our one-year anniversary. Wasn't it great? Wasn't it just so much fun to celebrate all that God did? But uh, the Lord just said to me, I wasn't done speaking out of that. So we came back to it this week, and it'll be good. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. It says this. There was a report to Moses. They entered the land that you sent us to explore. Indeed, it was bountiful country, flowing with milk and honey. And here's the kind of fruit that it produced. But in verse 28, the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large, and they're fortified. And we even saw giants there. Verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people before Moses. Let's go at once, and let's take the land. Let's take what God has promised us. Let's take this land that God has spoken and he's promised to our ancestors and he's promised to us. He said, let's go in faith and let's go and take what is ours. God has promised it to us. Verse 31, but the other man who explored the land disagreed with them. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report among the Israelites. They'll devour anyone who goes in there. And the people we saw were huge, huge. Let's get your neighbor and say, huge. It's huge, okay? It's huge, okay? Verse 33, we even saw giants. Man, they're back to the giants. Always something with the giants. It says this, next to them we felt like grasshoppers. And that's even what they thought. Listen, I'm hoping that today, after we leave today, that we don't ever see ourselves as small, insignificant, or, or little ever, ever again, but that we see that our God is for us, and he's with us, and he wants us to succeed in this year. Amen? Amen. Grab a hand next to you if you feel comfortable. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are in the house. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. Lord, we just so appreciate the word of God. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the word of God that gives us an anchor in this life. Gives us a truth in this life. Gives us understanding in this life that's sometimes hard and is difficult. And we don't understand where we're always going, God. But we thank you that the word is the true north for our life. And it gives us clarity and gives us direction on how to win in 2017 here. God, we praise you, we love you, we honor you, and everybody agrees, said amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a high five this morning. Tell them it's going to be just a great, great day, and then you can find your seat. Give it up for the worship team. They're awesome. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. I like our worship team. They're good. They're really, 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 really good. All right. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever experienced something painful, hard to watch in your life before? Okay, anybody with me? Okay. Um, now, I hate awkwardness, okay? Like, despise awkwardness, okay? Like, an awkward scene can come on TV, and, like, I will pull my hood over my face, or I'll pull my shirt up over, like, just so I can like barely see out, you know, like my family knows what I'm doing. They're like, oh, dad's awkward right now. You know what I mean? It could be like an awkward scene and like, I love the show, The Goldbergs, okay? And it could be like a weird, awkward moment and I'll hide from it, okay? Now, I don't know if you've ever had the privilege or the honor of experiencing uh, first grade 
sports at any level. I mean, it could be basketball, it could be t-ball, it could be soccer, um, it could be any sport at that age around kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Um, but I have a first grader and he's playing basketball. And so um, I took some video uh, the other night at practice because I wanted to show you guys what this looks like, okay? There's a lot of violations happening right now, okay? Nobody knows how to dribble, number one, okay? There's, I mean, look, you just travel. You just walked, okay? So this kid can actually dribble a little bit. But look at this. It's like cats out there, okay? It's just like cats. Look, the coach is totally given up. She's like, there's no hope for any of you people, okay? And, um, and we're just trying to herd cats right now. Look, there's a travel. This kid... This kid is smacking the ball. He's like, I mean, it's just like double dribble. Now look at this kid. He's like, oh, 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 I have a chance. I'm gonna look back at the coach, see if I'm doing things right. This kid, I mean, every kid, no matter if you're on offense or defense, is like, I want the ball. Every kid wants the ball. We are all like so impressed by this. Yeah, the ball never goes in, trust me, okay? Like, it never goes in, all right? I mean, just never, ever, ever goes in. You could, like, hope and pray and fast that the ball goes in, but it never goes in, okay? And it's like soccer. They're just chasing each other around all the time, okay? Um, all I know is that it can be painful to watch our children play sports, okay? And then it goes to another level as a parent when you start yelling out things like this. Uh, stay in front of your man and don't watch the ball. I mean, think about if you're a first grader, okay? You're thinking, isn't the ball important? Like, we're playing basketball today. Like, I want the ball, correct? Or we yell uh, things like this. I'm like, you, you'll see me on the sidelines. Today, 3 o'clock, if you want to meet at the Y, you're going to see a different side of me if you, if you want to come, okay? I'll be standing. I'll be going, box out, Ben. Box out, Ben. And he'll be looking at me like, box out? Where's a box? Where, where did this box come from, and why is it out? Where is this box that you are talking about, Dad? Or I'll yell out, this is my favorite. My favorite thing that I'll yell out is this. I'll be like, go to the hole. Go to the hole. And I swear, he's looking at me like, is there a hole on the court, Dad? Like, is there a well somewhere? Like, have I missed what you are talking about, Father? I want to do what you want me to do, but I can't figure this out, Dad. Or I'll yell out, like, I remember I pulled Ben aside in the middle of a game, and I was like, Ben, you run hard, you dribble the ball, you go around the defender, and you go score. I'm like, basically, I want you to be an NBA player, son. I know you're, I know you're in first grade, but um, I would appreciate that you would honor your father and mother in this moment and uh, go score. My now, I got to give my son a shout out. He is in first grade. He had 10 points in his last game. Straight up, straight up G, straight up baller. That's what we raised in the uh, straight up G in the Workmeister house, okay? Nothing but G ballers out there, okay? Okay? But, as you know, it can be hard to watch. And I think that this kind of relates to God with the people of Israel. You know, basketball at first grade is kind of clunky. You know what I mean? It's not graceful. And I think that God is kind of looking at Israel the same way. They're kind of clunky. Even on their best day out in the wilderness, they're not real graceful. Okay? They're not, they don't really have it together. But, but I want to ask this question, why, why do we go and watch this stuff? Okay, think about it. 
Why do we go and watch this stuff? Because we believe in the potential, correct? I believe in the potential of my kids. And so I go and I love and I support and I yell out crazy things. And then after the game, we go, we get, you know, ice cream or whatever. And we celebrate what happened at that moment. Because why? We believe in their potential. God believes in Israel's potential. God has a great land, a great place for them that he believes in them for them. And he wants them to experience all that he has for them. As a parent, that is the ultimate feeling that you have all this that you want your kids to experience. You want them to experience a great life that you are working hard to set up for them, and this is what God's doing. So God showed me this week five things, just five meat potato things that we're going to learn from this story about our life. Is that cool? Is that good? Yeah? You ready? You got a pen? You got your phone? Get your phone out. Get your pen out. Get ready to put some notes down. Here we go. Number one is this. God has a promised land for you. Okay? Oh, man, I had no response. Man, John, I got, I got no response on that, okay? No response. Look, God has a promised land for you. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. That's what I'm talking about. You look good in the announcement video today, too. Just want you to know, okay? Listen, God's got a promised land for your marriage. God's got a promised land for your career. God's got a promised land for your kids. God's got a promised land for your finances. I don't know what you need to put into that category today, but God's got it. You write that down. God's got it. God's got what I need. And he's got a great place for these areas of your life. And let me tell you, I've experienced the opposite in all of these areas of my life. There was moments that I thought, I don't know if this marriage is going to last there was moments where my finances were chaos. There's been moments that I'm like, I'm going to throw my children out a window. Please, God, help me. We've all had moments, but God has a great place for us, okay? But I want you to understand something, okay? We're just going to keep it 100 today. We're going to keep it real today, all right? All right? God's got a great place for your marriage. God's got a place for a fulfilling career, kids, uh, finances, all these things, but the reality is this, is that you're going to have to work for it, okay? I don't know about you, but I've met some people in my life down the journey that they're a little farther down the road, and I look at them, and I go, man, they got it together. They got an awesome marriage. Their kids are doing great. Looks like they're happy in their job. Looks like they're happy in their job. Their finances are secure, and I don't know about you, but I look at those people and I think, man, I want to be like that someday. That's the life that I want. And let me be honest with you, that's the life that God wants for you too. But I can tell you this. If you were to go to dinner with anybody further down the road, and let me encourage anybody in here. Find some people that have done it and done it well. Okay? Find some people who have done it and done it well and stink and take them out to dinner and say, listen to me, just talk to me. Just talk to me. Just share with me. 
Talk to me about um, the life that I'm trying to put together. Talk to me about my job. Talk to me about my kids. Talk to me about my future. Tell me, but one thing I will tell you is this, that every single somebody that's doing it right, they will share stories with you about how there was land in the giants and that in the, there was giants in the land and they had to go and kick them out. Every one of them will share stories about rough days in their marriage. Everyone will tell you rough days about finances. Everyone will tell you rough days about kids, rough days about something, about where there was a giant in the promised land and that they had to find out what God was saying to them and they had to go remove the giant out of the land. Listen, God had given them the land. He had spoken to them, this is your land that I'm giving to you. It's yours. You can take it. I'm giving it to you. But the only thing they could see were giants. The only thing they could focus on were giants. Sometimes, let's just be real, in our marriages, all we can focus on is how bitter and angry I am at my spouse. I've had moments like that. You know, God will get us to focus on things that he doesn't want us to focus on. And that's my second point, okay? Point number two is this, okay? Their focus was all wrong. Their focus was all wrong. Go with me to Numbers chapter 13, verse 23, okay? Numbers chapter 13, verse 23. It says this. When they came to the valley, they cut down branches, single clusters of grapes, so large that it took two men to carry them on poles. Let's just stop there for a second and think about that. Grapes so big and so heavy that it takes two men to put them on poles and to carry them, okay? I don't know if you, but if I've been living in the desert for a while and been eating some manna for a while, some grapes that size would look like a feast, okay? A feast, Okay. They also brought back samples of pomegranate and figs. Verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 27 through 28 says this. This is a report to Moses. We entered into the land that you sent us to explore. Indeed, it is a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. What is this whole milk and honey thing? Is there like literally like rivers of milk and honey flowing around? No, it's just a representation of a land full of goodness. God's goodness. Okay? Here is the kind of fruit that it produced. But verse 28 but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are largely fortified. And we even saw giants, descendants of Achan. You know, the enemy can get us really quickly to focus on the giants instead of the blessing. Okay? He can get us really quickly to just focus in on the problems instead of the victory or what God is doing. You know, um, I wrote this down, okay? Uh, my relationship with Jess. I'm going to share something just personal, and I ask you, please don't use it against me when I share personal stuff. I'm sharing personal stuff because I always felt like growing up in church, if I'm just being honest, that pastors were here, and I was here, and I could never get to that level because I always felt like their life was perfect, okay? I don't have a perfect life, okay? I'm in this journey with the Lord just like you. And I'm going to share personal stuff sometimes to help you understand how to get victory just like I'm trying to find victory, okay? But the reality is sometimes in my marriage, in my relationship with Jessica, I can get to focus on all the things that I want her to change, okay? Now, when you've been with somebody for 15 years, vice versa, 
you're both going to want to change some things about each other. Can I get an amen? Can we, just be, can we just be real up in here, okay? You've been with somebody for 15 plus years, okay? There's going to be some things where you're like, oh, my Jesus, I cannot believe this. You know, like, like the number one thing, <laughs> no, yeah, Mike's like, I never think that, yeah, <laughs> whatever Dina wants, right? Whatever she wants, okay? So here's the truth, Okay? You put my wife and my kids in our Honda Pilot for a few days, it's going to look like Hurricane Katrina up in that piece in about 48 hours, okay? I mean, I cleaned out the Pilot about a week ago, okay? Not one, but two full garbage bags of just, I don't know what happened in there. I was like, did a garbage truck explode in this car right here? You know what I mean? Like, like, and so at those moments in life, and okay, you can think about moments like that for you, okay? In those moments in life, the enemy can get me to do what? Start focusing on the negative. Start focusing on all the things that I wish that she would change. And I'm, there's a hundred things that she would wish I would change. Trust me, okay? I am a hard individual to live with. I'll be honest with you, okay? But the enemy can quickly get us to see all those things. And all of a sudden, I don't see the blessing that my wife is. I don't see that, guess what? And this is the truth. My house is clean all the time. It's just clean. It's neat. It's orderly. She picks up. All the time, you got me, you have my three boys, Matt and Levi. There's a lot of grown men in this house, a lot of people in this house. There's a lot to clean up. But I can tell you this, I am never embarrassed in my house. I always love coming home to my house. I love having people to my house because she is amazing. And, and I can quickly, quickly forget about all the amazing things that my wife does. Obviously, she's an amazing worship leader, but there's a thousand other things that she's amazing at, too. Sometimes our focus can get all wrong. Instead of focusing, God wanted them to focus on the blessing. God wanted them to focus on the land that he was giving them. That was point number two. Point number three is this, okay? Point number three. I got my notes all mixed up here. Point number three. Where am I at, Jeff? Number three is this. Here we go. God shows us what battles to fight. Okay? God will show us what battles to fight. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 through 2 says, The Lord said to Moses, Send out the men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I'm giving to the Israelites. Sometimes we just need to stop looking around. Okay? Can I just be honest that sometimes we need a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat just fast? You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes I think we just need to go, hey, for the next week or two, I'm just shutting down. Because I feel like we get into these seasons where we just are looking at everybody else's lives and going, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that life or that job or that car or that house or that relationship or that friendship or why am I not on that trip? And we just start looking around all the time at what everybody else has and what we don't have. Instead of asking God, hey God, where do you want me to win in 2017? 
Where am I going to win? Because God told them, hey, this is the land that I'm giving you. But he also said, hey, this is where I want you to fight the battle because I'm with you in this. God's not with you in every battle in 2017. You got to figure out which ones he's with you on. You got to be able to hear his voice to know where he, he wants you to win. I remember years ago, um, this is like four years ago, me and Jess, we would drive down to this area to do date nights, okay? We'd go to Maggiano's, we'd go to Mason, we'd just like coming down to this area, have a date night. And um, I remember numerous times, numerous times driving past Westchester, okay? And Jess would say to me, do you think this is where the church is? And I'd go, no way, no way. For, I, don't, I don't like Westchester. There's something about it. I just, I drive by it. I said, you know what I really like? I said, I really like Mason. I want to go to Mason. I, I think Mason is where we're going to be, okay? So we ended up calling Mason Schools, and, and Jess has an uncle that's like the superintendent of Mason Schools. And we're thinking, man, we got an inn in Mason. This is where God wants us. This is where I want to be. Called him up, told him what we wanted to do. He sent us back this, like, two-page email basically crushing every one of our dreams. Okay, just seriously, like, like, you have no money. You have no resource. We don't want anything to do with you. See you never, okay? All right, just to be completely honest, okay? Now, here's what's interesting, okay? So the other day, it was Monday uh, after the one-year anniversary, and I went into the office, and I was like, yeah, I just got to, I got to, hear from God for this next season of our life, my life personally, but I also got to hear from God for the next season of the church's life. It's important. It's important where God's taking us and where God's wanting us to win in this next season of life. And so I'm in my office and I'm worshiping, I'm praying, I'm just spending some time with God, and God will do this every once in a while, please, please don't make fun of me for this and tell me I'm a lazy bum, okay, but sometimes, I kid you not, the Lord will tell me, I just need you to lay down, I need you to lay down, I need you to turn some worship me, because I, so I did, lay down on my office floor, turned on some worship music, and like instantly, I was asleep, and trust me, that doesn't ever happen for me, okay, it always takes a while for me to fall asleep. I just think and think and think all the time. And instantly I fell asleep. And right away I was in a dream. Like right away. And in this dream, me and Jess are going from building to building to building. We're looking through buildings. And we, every building that we go to, it's not the right building. And this is exactly what our life has been for the last couple months. We've seen more buildings than you could ever imagine in the last couple months. And we're going building to building to building. And then finally, my, my son, Michael, in my dream says, hey, Dad, um, let's go up to this high point. Okay, we call Michael the Holy Spirit in our house, okay? He's just, he really is. He's 11, but he's like the most awesome person in the world. And so in my dream, I'm like, okay, I'll follow the Holy Spirit. Here we go. So we go to this high place, and I get in the dream, and I look out, and it's just dark black clouds everywhere. Dark black clouds everywhere. And then I turn around, and I look, and there's this, this ray of light just like the brightest light I've ever seen in my life, just shining from this one spot. And in my dream, I decided, I gotta take out my phone. I gotta figure out where that is at. Where is that place at? I need to know that place. And so I look up in my phone, and the coordinates in my phone, in my dream say what? Westchester, Ohio. And I remember I took a snapshot in my dream, because I was like, this is the home. 
this is where Elevate Church is home. And I woke up right away. And I knew in my heart, I knew in my heart exactly what God was saying. There's a building in Westchester that's home. It's home. Now, the reality is this. If you would have asked me a while back, is our future, our home, the church's home, where I'm going to live, where I'm going to raise my boys in Westchester, Ohio, I would have said, no, that's not God's plan. Why? Because we have our own plans. We have our own plans, so we go to God and we go, hey, God, this is my plan. This is what I want to do, and I want you to bless it, and I want to win these battles in this. When God's going, no, I don't want you to win here. I want you to win over here, and if you'll just spend some time with me and hear my voice, I'll direct you, and I'll show you, and I'll teach you exactly where to win in 2017. And it won't be hard. It won't be hard. People always ask me this simple question, how do I hear God? I always tell them, follow peace. Follow peace. Follow the inward leading of the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you have a peace, follow it. I'll never forget the moment I walked in the door. I, I just, I walked in the door of this place, walked in the door, and the peace of God hit my heart. I was like, all right, this is home. And I was like, hey, where, where do we sign? The guy was like, well, we haven't seen the building yet. I'm like, oh, it's okay. This is where we're going to be. I know this is, this is home. You know what I mean? And he was like, well, praise God. He went and got the papers. You know what I mean? We started going over to God. I mean, it was just, I always tell people, follow peace. The Holy Spirit will lead you. God will lead you. He'll show you where your victories are. We've had some victories up in this place in the last year, okay? But God's got some new victories for us in a new home for 2017 and beyond, amen? And it's not even about a building. I've been telling everybody, it's not about a building. I'm grateful that we're not gonna have to set up and tear down in Jesus' name, okay? But it's not about a building. It's about the people in that area and those communities and those homes that need Jesus. That's what it's about. And I want to go where God wants us to go. I want to be where God wants us to be. Amen? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Number four, I'm going to roll, roll through this, okay? Number four is this, okay? God doesn't want us to fight for, for victory, but fight from a place of victory. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, Caleb tried to quiet the people and stood before them. said, let's go at once, let's take the land Let's go conquer it. Caleb understood that he wasn't fighting for victory, but he had already had the victory because God told him that they were going to be victorious. He's coming from victory. Listen, when I'm in my prayer time, I'm not asking and begging God for a building. Does that make sense? God's already told me he's out of building. He told me that back in November that he's got a building for us. So instead of asking God repeatedly over and over and over again for the same thing over and over again, what do I do? I just get into my prayer time and I start praising Jesus, okay? This is what my prayer time looks like, okay? I get in my prayer time and start going, God, I praise you, I thank you, I love you, thank you for the perfect home, the perfect building, the perfect spot that you've caused us to have victory and that we're gonna bring victory to people's lives. I get into there and I just start thanking God. I just start worshiping God. Why? Because I'm coming from a place that I know that I'm victorious. God never, never gives up on something he started. 
He started something great in your life. Bruce and Stevie's life, he started something great in this life, in this family, and he's got a great plan. Great plan. Great plan for their kids. You know who stops? We stop. You know who quits? We quit. You know who gives up? We give up. People come and counsel with me all the time. And I tell you what, usually it will last one or two times of counseling. Because a lot of times they get so frustrated with me because I'm like, this is what the word says. This is how we have victory. Now go stink and get it. But all they want me to do is listen to their problems. And sometimes I need to listen to their problems. But a lot of times they just want to be a victim. No, God's given you victory. Let's celebrate the victory. Let's go after the victory. Let's go take what God has given us. Point number five, and I'll end with this, okay? Don't miss your window of opportunity. Don't miss your window of opportunity. Listen, I'm only 36 one time in my life. There's only one time in my life that I'm 36 years old. One opportunity to do something great with 36. And I'm not going to let it pass me by. I have one marriage. One. One marriage. So I can either choose to make that marriage great or I can allow that thing to die. I have three boys. Three boys that God's given me the opportunity to love. I got to take advantage of it. Numbers chapter 14, verse 33 through 34 says this. This is God's response to their lack of faith. God responds to them and says this. Your children will be like shepherds wandering the wilderness for 40 years. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you lies dead in the wilderness. Verse 34. Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day. You know what God said to me? He said, tell the people, stop wandering. Stop wandering. God's not called you to wander in the wilderness. God has promised lands for you. Stop wandering. Go claim your promised land in your marriage. Take your wife on a date. Get connected to the Marriage Connect group. Come be a part of it. Come read the material with us. Come make your marriage great. Go fight for your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage because God hasn't given up on your marriage. God hasn't given up on your spouse. God hasn't given up on the dreams and the plans that he has to work through that marriage. Fight for your marriage. Kick out the giants and claim your promised land in Jesus' name. Go claim your promised land in your career. Stop complaining about your career. Go to your job every single day. Work hard as it was unto the Lord and be faithful with that job. Go claim your promised land in your relationships. Go claim your promised land in your friendships. Go claim your promised land. Go claim it. Hear God's voice and go kick out the giants. They're taking your land. Amen? Stand on up with me this morning. Come on. You come on up, play. 
There is nothing I can tell you more important in this life than hearing the voice of God. There's just nothing more important than getting alone with him and going, God, what do you think? What are you saying? What are you speaking? What are you saying to me about my life and my future, my family, my home, my someday spouse? What are you saying to me about these things in my life? What do you want to speak to me? Because when he speaks, he's speaking from a place where he's already seen the victory happen. He's already seen the victory happen in your life. And so when he speaks to you, it's always with grace and it's always with goodness and it's always with favor. And he's speaking to you from a place of victory. And then all of a sudden you have to come to the place where you go, you know what, do I believe it or do I not believe it? And if you believe it, then you know what you do? Guess what? You grab a hold of this book and you go, guess what? What is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? Listen, if you're struggling in your finances, figure out what God's saying about your finances. Figure out what the word, work the word of God. Figure out what God needs to say to you. Listen, um, this amazing couple, Drew and Farah, they're about to do an awesome class. It's called Financial Peace University. They've gone through it. They paid off over $200,000 of debt in four years. Guess what? They got a hold of what God said about finances, and now they're in a place of victory in life and strength. God wants you to be in victory. Amen? Amen. But we got to go work it. We got to go kick out the giants. Amen? Because then guess what? This is why this matters. Once we do that, then we're a strong tower for others. Does that make sense? Listen, God's got a plan. When we, when we go to this, this building, man, we're just going to invade a whole new area of people. But guess what? Those people aren't living in victory. They need to come to a church and see Matt living in victory, his life living in victory, his home living in victory. And all of a sudden, they look at Matt and Jackie, and they go, man, they got four kids, and he's in college getting his degree for his next career, and he still works a job, and she works a job. But guess what? They have joy, and they have peace, and they have life, and they have victory. I want to be like Matt and Jackie. That's what I want our family to look like. Amen? That's what it's all about. Grab a hand next to you. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your word. Lord, I know your word sometimes is challenging. I know that sometimes it doesn't always feel great at the moment. But I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I just release blessing. I release your goodness. I release your grace. God, as we take evaluation of our life and we hear from you, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give us strength Strength that only comes from a life found in you, Jesus. Strength to be victorious. Strength to look at the giants and go, you know what? No more am I going to look at these giants and let them intimidate me. Man, I can hear it so clearly in my heart that there's some of you today, you're in here and you've been looking at the giants in your relationships. You've been looking at the giants in your finances. You've been looking at the giants in your marriage. You've been looking at the giants, some of you. You're you're single. You've been looking at the giant of being single and you want to be married. You've been looking at the giants for a long time and the giants have intimidated you. 
and you feel small and you feel weak and you feel like a grasshopper. But God goes, no, you're a child of the Most High. You're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High. I am with you. I am for you. Take my hand and I will lead you to the land that I've promised for you. That's what God says to you today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you. We love you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the credit. We pray this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen.